This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a supernatural superfan and a supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we'll be covering Season 1, Episode 9, Home. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. recording on a new software that allows me to mark as uh, as we record. And we're also is, in a new recording location. We're also, yes, yes, you may be able to hear that difference. We're in a new recording location. We're actually filming in my bedroom instead of Haley's bedroom. Um, so I think I'm, I'm very excited. I think overall it's just going to sound a lot nicer, a lot cleaner. So, and also we don't have a Chloe to knock the microphone over. <laughs> but we also don't have a Chloe. But also we don't have a Chloe. <laughs> so there will be no Chloe interludes. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Most of those end up in the bloopers anyways. <laughs> Alright. So I guess we should dig into home then. The... Stop yawning. <laughs> Can't help it. <laughs> Are you tired? I shouldn't be, but I guess I am a little bit. Oh, shit. I never showed you the uh, deleted scene. Oops. I'll talk about that when we get to it, I guess. <laughs> so You saw the deleted scene, then? I watched it, yeah. My friend sent me. Um, I can have you watch it when we get to that point in the episode. Um, I forgot how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> been too long. Yeah, yeah. This episode starts with our regular old den segment. None of the den segments for season one. The what? Oh. Den. Den? The, like, I thought previous, you said den. The, <laughs> no, the previously on Supernatural. <laughs> the previously on Supernatural segments for season one. I think we're all kind of the same. Uh, the music on this one, I don't, I don't know why. I think it's... I don't know if I just never paid attention to the music before, or if this episode was just weird, but they used the outro music, like the music that plays over yeah, the end credits. I noticed that too. For the then segment, and it weirded me out. <laughs> also, I don't know, just something about the sound mixing just felt odd. I don't know what it was. <laughs> it just, it's something about the, the sound mixing of the then segment on this episode. Was, was a little bit weird. I don't know what it was. I guess they were trying something new, and I don't think it worked, so hopefully they didn't do it again. <laughs> um, but we open on a woman unpacking boxes late at night. Uh, she kind of gets emotional over a wedding photo of her, and I'm assuming her husband, because she's in a white dress. I think they're like by a cake. Kind of we um, never... showing that He's probably passed. Yeah, I'm assuming he died, because we never find out what happened to him. She never talks about it. He's just not there. <laughs> He's just not there. Um, and I guess... she got emotional, so I'm assuming he passed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And her daughter comes in and says there's something in her closet. <laughs> um, Which is every child ever. Yep. Uh, I, can't, I am 24. Maybe it was her sexuality. <laughs> 
That's that's what was in my closet all those years. Hey, I love you. It's just oh a flaming woman. It's just the same. <laughs> that's how I knew I was gay oh my too. Gosh. <laughs> Something for the blooper. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) No, I'm leaving that in the main podcast. Um, uh, where were we? Okay, the mom checks the closet. This this little girl has a full walk-in closet. I know. I'm jealous. I was legit jealous. I don't have a walk-in closet. I used to when I lived in my parents' house. Never had a walk-in closet ever. (laughs) When I lived in my parents' house, I did. It was part of the reason why I picked that bedroom when we moved into that house. Smart kid. So I can have a walk-in closet. <laughs> that and the shelves. There were shelves along the top of the bedroom, like yours hat, like your yeah. room has. Um, I have the fucking tiniest closet, babe. Can attest. <laughs> you have the tiniest bedroom. Yeah. And the biggest bed. She's a queen size bed in a bedroom that is meant for a twin, and it's it's my first grown up bed. <laughs> <laughs> in your first baby bedroom. I was determined to make it fit. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't fit. <laughs> It fits. There's just not much room for much else. Maybe if you pushed it against the wall. It is pushed against the wall? No, I mean like into the corner. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, there's (laughs) nothing- moving anyway, so. There's nothing in this closet. So, uh, the daughter, her name's Sari, we'll learn that later. I have no idea of them. The woman's name is Jenny. Um, she says it at one point. I don't catch names, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Noticed. (laughs) Um, Sorry says she doesn't like the house, and the mom says she just has to get used to it, which, like, I mean, that's fair. Like, when you move into a new house, like, it's a weird new place, you know? Yeah. Um, And then the daughter... Especially for kids, probably. Yeah, yeah. Then the daughter insists that Jenny put a chair in front of the closet door just to be safe, which, like... That's a mood. Lady, your kid wants a chair in front of her closet door. (laughs) To sleep at night. Like, that's creepy. <laughs> I mean, I can't sleep with an open closet. Like, yeah. the, my whole life, I they freaked me out. Um, it's just like a dark, empty hole in my room. It's weird. What's that face for? <laughs> <laughs> Holding in another dad joke. <laughs> um, Jenny goes back to unpacking. She hears, a like, a weird, like, scratchy tapping noise uh, and thinks it's rats. Which, like, mood. She, she's like, God, I hope it's not rats. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, God, I hope it is rats. Because <laughs> yeah. if it's but, not rats, it's going to be something worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and she goes down to the basement um, where the lights won't turn on, which is totally not creepy. Um, and this is inner, this next part is like intercut with the daughter up in the bedroom watching the chair move away from the closet door and then the closet doors creep open which is something straight out of my worst nightmares I swear to god this daughter is all things considering the fact this has happened to her multiple times she's very calm about this yeah she's very well adjusted Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, a lot more calm than I would be (laughs) yeah yeah and meanwhile in the basement the mom has found uh, a box 
that is just kind of sitting off by itself that I don't know why she was like, what is that box? I mean, I guess if they just moved in and she was like, that's not my box. <laughs> um, she never been downstairs in the basement before? I mean, maybe she just didn't notice it. Um, but she opens this lock box that's not locked and finds. On top, there's like a little card that says dad on it, which I imagine Dean probably made for Father's <laughs> Day or something, which is cute. But she finds a picture of a young John Winchester, um, and then a picture of John and Mary, and then a picture of family the picture. whole family that says, um, John, Mary, Dean, and little Sammy on the back of it. And it's got a little baby Sam. He's so cute. <laughs> Bull cut <And> it... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, and we'll actually see this picture, that picture again later in the episode. Not yeah. that much later, but just in a few minutes. You um, see the meanwhile, pictures a couple times. Meanwhile, upstairs, uh, a fire has erupted in the daughter's closet, which, of course, she screams. And then we get... <laughs> As you would. <laughs> and then we get our splash screen. Which, so, um, and we cut straight to a shot, like an exterior shot of the Winchester's old house with the mom from the cold open, Jenny, screaming in the upstairs window, like Uh banging on the window. Um, and then Sam wakes up and it was his first vision. We're gonna, well not his first one, but the first one that we are privy to. I'm sorry, just growing up Mormon, hearing the word first vision. Oh, God. I didn't even think about that. Gave me some PTSD. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I I legit didn't even make that connection. Um, I do find it interesting that of all the things in this vision, in the next scene, like in the morning, Sam is sitting on the motel bed drawing the tree. Of all the things in this vision... (laughs) Why? Why the tree? The tree. I mean, it is a pretty bizarre tree. Yeah, but it's not even the focus of the vision. Like, it's not like there's, like, a close-up shot on the tree. You get, like, a wide shot of the house, and then... Maybe that kind of... The close-up of the, the mom on the, in the front in the window. Like, why isn't he just drawing the house? Maybe it helped him identify the house. Well, it the does. the tree really stood out to him. It does help him identify the house, but the... the <laughs> I just find it weird because the tree isn't... Any part of the vision? It's not a part of the vision. But he's drawing the tree. Like, why not draw the house? I don't know. Drawing a tree is easier, I guess? I don't know. Maybe? I guess? I don't know. It's more distinctive. Um, (laughs) I guess. For us, visually. Yeah, the tree is more distinctive. But it just confused me because I was like, I didn't even pay, I didn't even see the tree in the vision. So yeah, why they should have focused on it more if they were going to have him draw it. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that was just a weird choice. Um, Dean is listing off potential cases and Sam is not paying attention, uh, which is... <laughs> a, yeah. a man who shot himself in the head three times it definitely sounds like their thing. Why are we not... Why is there an episode about that? <laughs> they never... That, that never comes back to. I wonder if it's potentially... Dean potentially just made that one up to be like, you're really not paying attention. But usually when he's like, you're really not paying attention, he'll say something like, I think it was in, um, like episode two or three or something where he like started, like he's talking about something and he starts being like insulting Sam and Sam's like, I'm listening. And Dean's like, no, you're not. (laughs) Um... 
But Sam... And as two people with ADHD, we can relate to that. Honest to God. <laughs> um, Sam recognizes the tree, uh, I guess. Because I don't... I, okay. He draws it like four times. He draws it like seriously. Like identically four times. Like my, <laughs> then my he's like comparing Sam. notes. Like, is this one the branch in the same place as on this one? <laughs> I don't even know. Like he flips back through like, them. What's the point of that? Well, he like, flips back through them like, wow, look at all these tree drawings. And I'm like, bitch, you just did those. <laughs> <laughs> That's your artwork. <laughs> um, but he does recognize the tree. And he pulls up the same family photo that Jenny found in the box in the basement. Um, and I guess in that photo, the tree is more prominent than the house. Yeah. Like, the house is behind their heads, and you can see the tree off to the side. But the fact that you can't really even see the tree in the vision, or I guess you can, but it's not focused on at all. Like, just, I don't know, it's just weird. Yeah. I, th- I think they should have at least thrown in, like, a different angle or something so you could see the tree better. You can see the tree pretty good in the beginning of the pilot, because the angle on the house is different, so you're, like, coming at it kind of from behind the tree, looking at the house, like, through the tree branches and stuff, but with this, with the way they shot it for Sam's vision, it's, like, a straight-on of the house from the front, um, but yeah, I just think it was a dumb choice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and Sam... Uh, Sam tells Dean that he thinks the family living in their old house is now in danger, and we learn that the house was rebuilt after the fire. Um, and it didn't burn down completely? It didn't burn down completely, no. It's just Sam's nursery, and it was rebuilt. So, um, but he doesn't, he kind of dances around explaining why. Why what? Why he wants to go back to Lawrence. Like, why he believes so strongly that the family is in danger. He just says he has a feeling, basically. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, fair enough. So, Sam is trying to keep his vision thing a secret from Dean, but this doesn't last very long. Like, it doesn't even last a scene. Because, uh, by the end of the scene, he's, like, he's telling Dean that he had a vision about Jess dying. That he was, that he started dreaming about Jess's death. Like, the blood dripping, her on the ceiling, the fire, everything. Long before... Um, you said like five days before or something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which that was his secret from Bloody Mary was that he dreamed about Jess's death before she died. Um, so he, he straight up says, um, I have these nightmares and sometimes they come true. So he dreamed about Jess. What he dreamt about Jess came true and now he's having this dream about a woman screaming inside their old house and that's where everything started so it has to mean something like why would he just make up this woman screaming like that's that doesn't make any sense um and dean i honestly forgot this detail um dean he's at first when i was watching rewatching this episode it was like oh dean's all he's like whoa my brother's having visions what the heck doesn't know what to believe, wants to trust Sam, visions, what? And then I was like, and then Dean was like, I swore I'd never go back there. And I was like, whoa, I forgot that. <laughs> Dean doesn't want to go back to Lawrence. Which, Understandable. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, he swore he'd never go back to Lawrence, Kansas, and now Sam is telling him that not only is he having weird dreams that he believes are coming true, um, 
Dean has to go back to Lawrence. Not just to Lawrence, but to their old home. To their old home. Yeah. Not, yeah. Which is even worse. Um, but Sam is like, like, you have, like, I'm, them, them, them. I'm sorry, my words just broke. <laughs> I, I think it's, um... What was I gonna say? <laughs> like, Dean uh, agreed to it faster than I thought he would. Mm-hmm. And, like, took Sam more serious than I thought he would. Because <laughs> there's definitely later episodes where he does more of his Sam psychic stuff where Dean does not take him as seriously, I feel like. Um... It's been a while since I've seen, like, the rest of season one, so I can't think of... I mean, not like, really... even in later seasons. Yeah. Well, you've only seen through season three. Well, yeah. <laughs> the later seasons for me is, like, season 11. <laughs> I'm talking about what I've seen. <laughs> yes. Um, it, is, it is a little surprising how quickly Dean believes Sam, but I feel like Sam's, like earnestness like it's very clear that whether or not these are actually visions of some kind sam believes that they're visions sam like sam is very like uh he's very firm in his belief that this is what is going on um and he i think dina is also like okay yeah you have a gut feeling like i'm gonna trust your Trust. I'm gonna trust you. You know. This is the first time that Dean knows there's anything different about Sam. Mm-hmm. That he has some sort of abilities. Yeah, this is our first real. Well, since Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary was our first like. You dreamt about her before she died, you know. And yeah, this I is about this that. is the first time <laughs> Dean's hearing of it. Um, and I definitely think Dean's. Uh, I'm not really I'm not really sure how Dean feels about it at this moment because later in the episode he's like I'm still freaking out the part that like your dreams are coming true like that's <laughs> weird you know um, but he isn't and I do I do think a lot of Dean not being as concerned about Sam's visions is him masking because we see later in the episode we see Dean's mask come down um, in a very powerful little scene that I absolutely love. Um, and so I think Dean is definitely, he's like, Sam is clearly a bit freaked out by this, so I'm gonna play it cool, I'm gonna stay calm, we're gonna deal with the thing, you know, because uh, it's my job as the big brother to help my little brother, and Sam's freaking out, so I have to be the level head, you know? Mm-hmm. I actually saw a post on Dumbledore the other day that was like, watching season one, it is surprising how often Sam is the wild card and Dean is the one who comes across as shockingly stable. <laughs> I was like, seeing as I'm currently rewatching season one, yeah, <laughs> Sam is quite often the wild card. And especially, um, I think he's just running so much on instinct and emotion. At this time, like, he's really, like, he's freaked out. He's definitely freaked out about the fact that he dreamt about Jess and it came true. And now he's dreaming about this other woman and he's like, we'll have to stop it. 
like, if what happened to Jess, like, what I dreamt about Jess can become true, like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna let that happen to someone else, you know? And also the fact that it's their old house, and, like, that's a whole... Yeah. So, um, Padina agrees to go back to Lawrence, and we cut to them arriving at Lawrence, Kansas. You get the Lawrence, Kansas, three mile sign, and the boys pull right up to their front, their old house. Uh, Sam asks Dean if he's okay, and Dean's like, I'll let you know, or something <laughs> like that. I don't yeah. remember. And they just go up and knock on the front door. And Dean tries to go to the cover story that he's like, we're from the, or we're with the federal, and Sam cuts him off and is like, now we're gonna go with the truth. Which, lucky for them. To a certain level. Jenny had found their old family photos. Yeah, yeah. The day before or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, he introduces them as Sam and Dean Winchester, they used to live in the house, and then he tells her they were driving by and wanted to ask if they could see the old place. So uh, she recognizes their names. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I guess... Uh, that was it, they got they get let in very easily. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I'm not sure I'd still let two strangers in my house even if I found their old family photos, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but they meet, uh, they meet Sorry, the daughter, and they meet Richie, the juice junkie, which same kid. <laughs> <laughs> what um, juice are we talking about? <laughs> I've seen as I don't drink alcohol. <laughs> it's apple juice for me. Um, or orange juice. A good orange juice. I live for it. Um, the boys learned that this little family has just moved here from Wichita, Kansas. Um, and they ask how they like the place. And Jenny tells them that they have flickering lights. Which, that's a ghost sign. Media, like, flicking lights all day long. Um, the sink's backed up. And there are rats in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> and Dean asks if they've seen the rats. Um, and this is when Sari pipes up. And when she pipes up, like, something about her tone, before she even gets into the, like, ask them if the thing in their closet was here, if the thing in my closet was here when they were here, you know? Uh-huh. Like, Sam and Dean exchange this little look. And, like, they've already recognized the basic signs of a haunting. Yeah. Um... So, they're already, like, doing their little psychic brother thing, where they're <laughs> speaking without speaking. Um, Sari wants to know if the thing in her closet was in the closet when the brothers lived here. And Jenny says Sari was dreaming uh, that it wasn't here when Sam and Dean were there, which Sam says it wasn't there, too, which... How would Sam, he know? <laughs> you were six months old the last time you were in that house. Um, like, exactly six months old. <laughs> um, and Sari insists that she wasn't dreaming and that the thing was on fire. Which it was. Uh, but <laughs> that's freaky. And this is when they leave. Uh, which is immediate connection for them. Because... Fire. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> Sam's like, well, maybe this is the thing that killed Mom. Like did dad ever um have any idea of what it was they argue a a little bit sam's like we have to get the family out and dean's like dude we got nothing like what are you gonna what 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 story are you gonna tell to get jenny out of the house (laughs) like what is do you have no plan we don't know anything we don't know what we're dealing with like you know he's like well what would we normally do yeah yeah they cut to a gas station and they 
uh, what would they normally do? They'd look into the history of the house, which they know, but how much do they know? They were um, very young at the time. <laughs> yes, yes. And this is where we actually get... Um, Sam asks Dean how much he remembers about the nightmare he died, and Dean says, not much. Um, the fire, the heat, that I carried you out the front door. Which Sam never knew. Um, which didn't surprise me. Did it surprise you that Sam never knew that? No. Considering how little Dean and John want to talk about that night and Mary and everything that happened, like, it really doesn't surprise me that no one ever told Sam that detail. Yeah. Um, so... And then they asked, Sam asked what John's side of the story was. Mary was on the ceiling, you know, the fire, everything we saw in the cult, in the beginning of the pilot. Um, and he never had a theory about who or what did it. And if he did, if he did, he never told the boys. It surprised me that Sam was asking Dean if their dad had a theory. Like, wouldn't he know too? I mean, it, I they, guess... Dean mentions that, you know, they had asked him, like, a dozen times growing up. Yeah, yeah. made it seem like Sam also asked him a dozen times, so why is he asking Dean if the, he already asked well, John? Well, I guess partially for exposition's sake, because this is a very... This is a bit of an exposition dump of a scene. Um, but I do think that it maybe could also be that... I mean, Sam hasn't seen his dad in at least two years. That's true. So it's like, well, maybe in the the years that I've been away, maybe something has changed. You know, maybe he has a theory now. Um, yeah. But as far as Dean knows, John doesn't have a theory. And we'll learn by the end of the episode that John still, at least at this point, doesn't know what it was. Or at least if he does, he's not saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the boys need to figure out, they decide they need to figure out what happened back then to figure out what's happening now. Dean says they need to, like, he compares it to a normal job, they gotta start with asking around, talk to old friends and neighbors and that stuff, and Sam asks if this feels like just a normal job to Dean. But Dean doesn't answer, uh, he, he has no answer to that, because I mean the answer is no. Hell no. This is not a normal job. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where we get that scene I mentioned earlier, um, where Dean leaves John a voicemail. Jensen nails this scene. Jensen is so good. He's such a good actor. Um, and this, this is what I was talking about. Dean's putting on this front of, okay, gotta be strong for Sam, because Sam's clearly freaked out. But I am freaking out. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be here. I don't know what we're dealing with. I mean, this you is know. the first time they've directly confronted their past. Yeah, yeah. And possibly what they think, maybe it could be possibly what killed their mom. So yeah, so he's they're scared. like, this is... <laughs> Yeah, and he and he emotional calls, about it. He calls John, leaves a voicemail, and we kind of get we get a little bit of not a little, but we get to see behind that tough big brother front that Dean puts on yeah. for Sam's sake. Uh, he almost cries here. Like mm -hmm. this is the the most vulnerable we've seen Dean so far this season. I think, you know, going back to like your childhood roots can really peel back that vulnerable child part of you. Definitely. Like, Definitely. You saw that side of me earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like my, you know, my parents are like selling my childhood home and they're moving into my grandparents' old house. And they had, my grandparents had passed 
about a year ago, my grandma, about two years ago. But it's still, like, those childhood homes hold a lot of memories, you know? Mm-hmm. And kind of puts you back to feeling like a little kid again. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And I think we really see that with Dean here. Not only is he feeling, like, raw from... Or he's feeling a little bit emotional and afraid from the fact that, like, Sam is apparently having visions. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is Sam, news to him. <laughs> yeah, but also now he's back in the place that he hasn't been in since he was about four years old, where everything changed for him, you know? Like, Dean had this... People talk about how Dean didn't have a childhood. Um, Dean got four years of normalcy that Sam never got. Uh, he had a mom who cut the crusts off of his sandwiches and tucked him in at night and told him that angels would watch over him and mm-hmm. sang him songs and made him tomato and rice soup and grilled cheese and stuff like that. Sam got, Dean, or not Sam, Dean got all those things and he remembers them. Yeah. There's um, something about and, where you grew up that you have all those memories, you know? Yeah, you yeah. You just enter the house and immediately get hit with all yeah. that. Dean's feeling very raw and I, I honestly really like that we get this scene. Yeah. Because it just, it just shows us all the, one more facet of Dean Winchester, who is a very complicated, interesting character, mm-hmm. um, who puts on this uncomplicated front because he has a job to do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but he begs John to come to Lawrence and help them, basically. Uh, and we cut back to... The, the old Winchester house um, and Jenny has called a plumber in to take a look at the sink and I hate this scene. I hate this I scene too. so much. I had to watch it twice today because <laughs> I watched most of the episode earlier and then Haley hadn't finished the episode so I rewatched a huge section of the episode with her. Um, and so I watched this scene twice and both times I could I cannot look at the screen. As soon as he was sticking his head, hand down the garbage disposal, I'm like, oh no, it's this one, isn't it? <laughs> it came oh. back to me. <laughs> I know, I know that's not how garbage disposals work, and I have zero plans to ever stick my hand down one regardless, but that oh, doesn't mean I have. <laughs> that that doesn't still terrify me. When you have tiny hands and your dad loses something down the garbage disposal, <laughs> nope, you get to be the one to put your hands nope, down the nope, garbage nope, disposal. Nope, 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 nope. Oh my god. I that's would... a legit fear nope. of mine. <laughs> yeah, it is a genuine fear. Um, I cannot watch that scene. It is probably one of the more gruesome scenes yeah. that Supernatural does. It's really ick. Um, also, the plumber guy doesn't die. <laughs> he just has some permanent hand damage. <laughs> yeah, he just no longer has a hand. <laughs> Did he lose his hand completely? I don't know. Honey, unless I would imagine they probably just amputated it. Because, <laughs> like, this is gross. I'm gonna, we're gonna move on. <laughs> it's a creepy scene. With a creepy... They did it well. Monkey toys. Very well done. And I, I wrote, mon- hate it. Creepy monkey toys. Creepy. <laughs> Why does anyone have a toy like that? Oh, They're just bad know. news. <laughs> They're always bad news. Um, but we cut to a um, garage that John that we learned John Winchester used to own with a friend. Um, Sam and Dean are playing the role of cops looking into unsolved cases, specifically what they call the Winchester disappearance. And they are asking John's old friend about him. Um, there's actually a deleted section of this scene that I think I might have you watch. It might take a little pause and have you watch it. Um, the man, this old friend whose name I didn't catch, 
describes John as a stubborn bastard who hated to lose no matter the game, but he loved Mary and he doted on his kids. Um, but that was before the fire. Um, and he says John said something caused the fire and killed Mary. And Dean Some asks electrical wiring. Yeah, Dean said. asks if John ever said what did it, and the friend is like, nothing did it. It was just an electrical short. And he tried to get John to get help, but things just got worse. He started reading old books, and he visited a palm reader in town, but the friend doesn't remember the name of the palm reader. Um, there is a section of the scene that I, we are going to take a small break from recording. <laughs> Let me find. Here it is. realize that he didn't know that those were the kids. <laughs> no, yeah. They went in pretending to be cops. Um. But yeah, it's a really interesting little deleted scene. Mm-hmm. Um. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's on the DVD, I know, but we didn't watch this episode on the DVD because we're bad. It's um, just more convenient on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but in the scene, the friend talks about how he was really worried for John's kids, and he actually called Child Protective Services at one point. Which, you can't really blame him. <laughs> the mm-hmm. weird behavior John was displaying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, specifically, they were like, well, why would you do that? He was like, he sold his half of the garage and bought guns. Like, <laughs> I was concerned. Like, this guy had genuine reason to be concerned. Uh, the dean is being dean a dick gets, about it. <laughs> dean gets very defensive, and it's just one more aspect of the dean really idolizes his dad yeah um and he was like and dean dean's very family family oriented too i can imagine this isn't canon but i can definitely imagine over the years cps being like a genuine threat for the boys growing up they'll be like oh we we have to make sure that people don't know that dad's gone because otherwise cps will get called and they'll separate us Mm. you know yeah and like Say what you want. Like, adoption is a great thing, but the foster care system in this country is very, very... Flawed. Flawed. (laughs) Yeah. To put it lightly. Um, And I don't... I don't doubt that the boys would have been separated, especially because Sam was younger, and it is much easier for younger children to be adopted. So... Yeah. Like, when Sam was really little, and... Even as they aged, like, it would have been easier for Sam to find a home. There are tons and tons of fix out there where the boys end up in the in the foster care system and a family's like, yeah, we want Sam, but we don't want Dean. You know? Well, especially because I don't... I think I've mentioned this before in an episode, and I'm not sure if it's canon within the show, but within, um... Uh, I think it's in John's Journal, which is a published book that you can buy, um... He talks about how Dean actually was, like, selectively mute for a while after Mary's death, which is mm. not, like, that's that's a fairly, not super common, but it is a normal trauma response, especially for children. Um, yeah. So, like, I can totally imagine if the kids had gotten sucked into the foster care system, a family being like... Yeah, we'll take the cute baby, but we don't want the kid who's clearly traumatized. Like, we can't deal with that. And the boys being separated, you know? Yeah. And it's heartbreaking to think about, but it would have... It's it's a very plausible situation. Yeah, definitely. So I can imagine CPS being something that was a genuine threat for the Winchesters growing up. Um, 
to the fact that this guy, like, called CPS on John. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, that alone is probably a little triggering for Dean. But I think, in general, he's just like, well, Dad was right. Like, because he knows. He knows that there was actually something right. that killed Mary and that John was right. But his, uh partner didn't <laughs> no but, business his, partner. but john's business partner didn't know that i mean nobody knew that and, you know sam can see it more from his point of view because he's kind of been more in the real world a bit more and he was really young when all that happened mm-hmm. so i think he can yeah, see that yeah. point of view a bit more than dean can yeah Dean's a bit clouded by emotions you know, family loyalty yeah yeah well not even that but i think like, there's the whole aspect where it's, like, Sam doesn't really know his mom. Yeah. Which is something that really comes into play in this episode towards the end that, that mm-hmm. Sam talked about in the first episode, where he straight up says, if I, it wasn't for pictures, I wouldn't know what mom looked like. He, like, he doesn't know who his mom was as a person beyond yeah. some stories that I'm sure Dean and John told, but that, um, like, it's kind of established throughout especially in the pilot episode but throughout the years that the the Dean and John never really talked about Mary like mm-hmm. they didn't want to talk about her so like Sam has no I think I've talked about this before Sam has no connection to this woman so yeah you know he's less cloud up until Jess's death he was less clouded by the emotions and the revenge aspect of it because he didn't really know who they were getting revenge for yeah um, he didn't know her personally. Yeah, like they did. He doesn't have an he didn't have an emotional connection to his mom the way Dean did, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but the the original episode or the original cut of the episode ends with the John's old business partner saying he doesn't have a name for the palm reader that John used to visit. Um, and we cut to a phone booth. <laughs> Imagine, remember when those existed? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> that was a throwback. I, I never really used it. <laughs> I never used a phone booth either, but I've, like, seen them, you know. And yeah. Sam's going through the phone book, listing off a list of local palm readers. Apparently there's a lot of them for Lawrence. But <laughs> Apparently. You know what? I, Supernatural always had me thinking that Lawrence was, like, a small town, you know? Which yeah. I guess it's kind of small, but it's a college town. Is it? I didn't know that. I didn't know what that either. The, one of the big universities in Kansas, I don't remember which one, is like based out of Lawrence. It's oh. a college town. Yeah, I never knew that. Never been to um, Kansas. But. Neither have I. <laughs> Sam is reading off like the list of Palmeiras and fortune tellers, and he gets to the name Missouri Mosley, which Dean recognizes. And they go to John's journal, and the very first sentence of John's journal is, I went to Missouri and I learned the truth. And then we get a great little... I always thought he meant the state. <laughs> I mean, the same. <laughs> I would have thought the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is where we get introduced to a great side character. I love her. <laughs> I love Missouri. She's one of my favorite um, guest stars we've had on the show. She's just uh, so really? good. She was in more, more episodes. Yeah. I really... They, I remember reading somewhere that they wrote her with the intention of her being a more reoccurring guest character. You kind of get that vibe at the yeah. end of the episode, like... She straight up says, don't be a stranger, and Dean's like, yeah. we won't, and then they never see her again. <laughs> um, 
Uh, but yeah, then there was something, I don't remember the actress couldn't or wouldn't come back, um, but they wrote, they were like, oh, we want to include you, we want to include her in this episode, and they couldn't get her, so they created another character who was supposed to be a one-off, who ended up becoming a recurring character, who we'll meet at the end of season one, um, I think, yeah, yeah, we meet him at the end of season one. You don't know what character I'm talking about, do you? Oh. Bobby. Oh, Bobby. Okay. <laughs> That's why they named him Robert Singer. Robert Singer is the name of one of the showrunners. Yeah, yeah. For Supernatural. So they named him Robert Singer as like a, ha, ah, look, we named a character after one of our showrunners. He's only going to be in one episode. And then he's in he, every season. Jim Beaver is the only actor besides Jared and Jensen who has been in every single episode or every single season yeah. of Supernatural. He is in at least one episode every of season. every season. <laughs> He's a great character. He's a great character. And I think I think Tim Beaver just has great chemistry with the boys and he's just a really I just I just love Bobby. I love Bobby. I love, Bobby I love the relationship he has with the Winchesters. It's great. But we're talking about Missouri and Missouri is awesome. <laughs> Missouri yeah. is a psychic. She can read minds and energies. Um, <laughs> and we learn that Missouri met the boys when they were kids. She tells Dean he was... She says, you grew up so handsome. And then she points at Dean and goes, and you were one goofy looking kid. Which <laughs> is such a great... I love that Missouri's constantly giving Dean shit she the entire Dean episode. so much shit. I love it. It's great. And it's Sam really is funny. loving every minute. Sam is having a grand time with He's that. He's constantly like laughing at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, she gives Sam her condolences about Jess. And then she's like, oh, and your father's missing... And Dean asks if she knows where John is, and she's like, boy, I can read energies, uh, I can read thoughts and sense energies, but I can't just pull facts out of thin air. <laughs> uh, and she has him sit down to talk, and then as soon as they sit down, she's like, boy, you put your foot on my coffee table, I'm a wacky with a spoon. <laughs> and he's like, I didn't do anything, and she goes, you two were thinking about it. <laughs> and Dean seems a little spooked by Missouri, which... It's kind of fun yeah. being a little bit... I mean, he's already a little bit off his game in this episode, being so emotionally raw by the situation they're in, but Missouri just throws him off in a different way that is so enjoyable. It's really good. Um, Sam asks about when John first visited her, and Missouri explains that she's the one who told John about demons and ghosts and all that sort of thing. Uh, and that John took her to the house, but she didn't know what killed Mary, just that it was something really evil. And we kind of find out, like, Missouri is John's, like, first introduction to the supernatural. Yeah. And she kind of sets him on his journey of being a hunter. Yeah, which is so, really like, interesting. Her whole life changed because of Missouri, honestly. Yeah, because she told... She op- She said she pulled back the curtains to this yeah. new world. Well, she even says... She told John the truth. She even says... Well, she told John the truth, which is interesting, because she says when we first meet her, one of the first lines she says is that people don't come to her for the truth. They come from good news. Yeah. And I can just imagine John Winchester being like, tell me the goddamn truth, woman. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I know something happened. Like, I know what I saw. You know? Yeah. I mean, John Winchester is stubborn. Like, that's his... That, 
like if if stubborn was a title in the military that would be john winchester (laughs) like he's just he's he when he wants something he goes after it which is something that's an aspect sam got from him for sure like mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why Sam and John clash clash as much they're, as they do. A lot alike. Because they're too much alike. <laughs> um, but uh, Sam tells Missouri that he thinks something's back in the house, um, and she's like, "Well, I haven't. I've been keeping an eye on it. She hasn't been back inside, but it's been quiet." Um, Sam says it feels like something is starting. Which I think is a very interesting line. Um, because a lot of things are starting. But I feel like it's not really to do with the house. I think it's more to do with, with Sam. With him, yeah. Yeah. Because a lot it's of stuff is starting It's all connected to him. <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> Sam's the main character. <laughs> <laughs> at least for the first few seasons. <laughs> um, back at the house, Jenny... Is on the phone with someone about the plumber's hand where she's like, well, like, how can I be held liable? Like, bitch, it was your sick. <laughs> she's like, I can't afford a lawyer. Mm-hmm. There is a little bit of deleted dialogue from the scene, but I don't remember what it was. Um, it's not really that. I think it's more just like they, the scene was longer originally and they cut it down. It's not that important. Um, she hears more of that, like, scratchy tapping sound and leaves... She leaves Richie alone in his playpen. Um, and the playpen wall falls over. And then the fridge unlocks and opens. The child lock on the fridge opens. Yeah, yeah. And then we get this very dramatic shot of, of the, the juice, juice in the <laughs> middle of the like main bottom shelf the of the fridge. <laughs> it's like everything else is pushed to the side and the juice. And he's like, juicy. And it's, the child looks a little demonic. <laughs> <laughs> when he she just said likes junkie, his juice. <laughs> when she said junkie, I didn't. <laughs> um, but Richie climbs in the fridge, and the fridge closes and, and the locks. Fridge closes and locks, and the kid is totally fine. I know. I'm like, this if, is the biggest buildup. I was nothing. so claustrophobic as a child. Like, I would have freaked the fuck yeah, out. He's I'm like, just chilling in the he fridge. He does not with cry. He does not say anything. He's just like, he's I got totally my juice. Fine. I'm good. I mean, <laughs> she did call him a junkie. <laughs> Um, Kids like jokes on you, poltergeist. I mean, well, whoops, like... spoiler. <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> no. We're, we clearly don't care too much about spoilers on this podcast. The only thing I'm worried about is spoiling you. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, this is the biggest build up to nothing because Richie is totally fine. Um, yeah. And, I mean, that doesn't mean Jenny's totally fine. She's a little <laughs> bit traumatized. Her kids somehow got locked inside the refrigerator. Like, that's freaky. Um, somehow the milk, like, drips out. I don't understand how the- Because the milk was standing up when he got in the I fridge. guess he knocked it over. And I guess. And the lid- Consuming of the juice. <laughs> unscrewed and turned off? I don't know. I guess turned off. Got taken off. Um, and maybe the poltergeist was like, you know what? I do have some morals. I don't actually want to kill this child. Look. He's like, it's kind of cute. Look at him sucking on his juice cup. <laughs> He's a little cute, yeah. Um, but this is when Sam, Dean, and Missouri show up. Uh, and we get another, we get more of Missouri ragging on Dean. Uh, cause Dean's like, you know, can we can we show Missouri the house? And Jenny's like, this isn't a good time. 
And Dean's like, Jenny, wait. And Missouri smacks him. <laughs> She's like, can't you see the poor woman's <laughs> or the poor girl's upset? She's like, I'm sorry about him. He means well, but he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. And Dean's he over in the so background offended. like, really? <laughs> he's so offended. <laughs> it's great. I love Dean's it. Dean's constant offended looks this whole episode it's are great. so good it's so good um and she goes in with Mer- missouri goes in with the truth which is that jenny thinks there's something in the house that wants to hurt her family uh and she's missouri says that they can stop it uh if she lets them and they go up to sari's room which was sam's nursery um which we find out. Yeah. And she walks around kind Which of Which I sensing. called from the beginning. <laughs> like, this is going to be the nursery. This was the nursery, Did right? you really? Yeah. Go fave. Like, all the activity was focused around this one room. I'm like, it's probably the nursery. It's probably the nursery. <laughs> yeah. Um, Missouri's, like, sensing the energy. And then she calls Dean an amateur for using an EMF meter. Like, Missouri, he's not a psychic. <laughs> and and she's... he, again, looks offended. He does. He looks so offended. Because it's his little homemade one, too. It is. It's a little Walkman one. Um, Missouri says that the thing in the house, uh, there's more than one spirit, but neither of them are the thing that took their mom. Um, and she sets up this really interesting concept, which is that when something really evil happens in a location, it leaves a wound that become that she uses Get the term, yeah, by she other uses spirits. the analogy of it becoming infected, which I guess it basically means that it like this, it's left this place open for other evil to come in. Um, other entities are drawn to it. Yeah. So, and Which, we... There might be some truth to that, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we learn that the main evil living in this house that Missouri can sense, she can't make out what the other spirit is, but the thing she can sense is a poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Um, which this is our first introduction to poltergeists. They, according to the wiki, so the lore on the poltergeists in Supernatural is a little bit wonky. Um just kind of piecing stuff together making sense of continuity errors um from what in supernatural poltergeists are malevolent spirits which uh do not target people who committed crimes similar to how they died or like are vengeful or anything like that and they they're more indiscriminate um some poltergeists were human some weren't this is where the lore gets kind of mixed up because in um we I don't remember when it is. So at some point we learn in John's journal he says that you can't destroy a poltergeist by burning its bones. But later in the show we come across a poltergeist that was once a human spirit. So I think it's more like poltergeists are kind of like vampires or werewolves in that a human can become one. Yeah. Under the right circumstances. But we never really learn what those circumstances are exactly. They're never specified. Um, poltergeists are incredibly powerful. Um, they can be attracted to the paranormal energy in places where beings of great evil have manifested. Um, they are very strong. Um, the one in home is able to perform multiple telekinetic attacks simultaneously in different areas of a house. Um, and it can, like, do things like throw grown men around like ragdolls, that grown man being Sam. (laughs) Poor guy. (laughs) He gets tossed all over the place (laughs) at the end of this episode. The poltergeist has a kink for Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Try to strangle him. (laughs) Uh. We have a second Sam strangle count on our spreadsheet. 
Um, but yeah, poltergeists are incredibly powerful. And I don't think this one was a human. I think it's just yeah. a malevolent uh, ener- force of energy, you know? But yeah, so that is kind of the supernatural definition of poltergeist. But Babe has done some research on poltergeist that I'm pretty interested in. Yeah. She has the, the search result for Poltergeist, the movie, up on her computer. So, we're in for a treat, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're planning. Alright, I should pull that back up then. I have the link. Okay. Um, before I get into what I actually researched, I kind of remember... I love watching, like, ghost adventures and those, like, ghost hunting. Yeah reality shows and quotes. I like them, but they freak me out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how realistic they are, but they're certainly interesting. Um, The main one I've watched is Ghost Adventures Mm -hmm. with uh, the host is, or the main guy is Zach Bagans, I think is how you pronounce it. I want to say bagel. (laughs) Zach Bagel, yeah. The the only ghost hunting show that I watch is um, BuzzFeed Unsolved. They're supernatural seasons. And I... They genuinely freak me out. Those are the episodes that have me wanting to sleep with my lights on. Um, but yeah. But anyway, I distinctly remember Zach explaining poltergeist as what he believes poltergeist is kind of like residual haunting, like a residual energy. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember right. But which I thought was an interesting take on it. That like it not being an actual spirit, but kind of a residual haunting. It's more of like a... Like a leftover energy force, kind right. of. Which apparently is a form of haunting. It may not be an actual spirit, but residual energy from when spirits inhabited the place when they were still alive. Which interesting. is interesting. I think there's probably something to that. That's a really interesting concept. But anyway. So like the leftover energy could... Like if you a life of its own. Like, if you hear in, like, old buildings, apparently you can hear, like, sounds of the past, you know, uh-huh. going on sometimes, and that's residual haunting. Just energy that kind of replays in the place, which yeah. is interesting. That is interesting. Again, I don't know. Like, how much... Uh, Scientifically talking, proven this has been, but, you know... We're talking ghosts, babe. <laughs> you can only get as... You can only get so scientific when you're using ghosts. Yep, exactly. But anyway, this is what I looked up on poltergeist on Wikipedia. So in ghost lore, a poltergeist, which is German for noisy ghost or noisy spirit, um, it's a type of ghost or spirit that is responsible for physical disturbances, such as loud noises and objects being moved or destroyed. Um... It is said that they're capable of pinching, biting, hitting, and tripping people. They're also depicted as capable of movement or levitation of objects, such as furniture and cutlery, or noises such as knocking on doors. Um, They have traditionally been described as troublesome spirits who haunt a particular person instead of a specific location. Um, Some variations of poltergeist folklore is found in many different cultures. Uh, There's been cases dated back to the first century, but the references to poltergeists became more common in the early 17th century. And then I thought this was interesting. Um, 
According to Alan Kardec, the founder of spiritism, poltergeists are manifestations of disembodied spirits of low level, belonging to the sixth class of the third order. Under this explanation, they are believed to be closely associated with the elements. Hmm. Which is interesting. That is interesting. Um, And then... Yeah, so that's what Wikipedia said about poltergeists. Cool. (laughs) And then I... Looked up the movie. <laughs> I've never seen the movie Poltergeist. Neither have I. But apparently there's been a lot of strange things that have happened. I think it's one of the most famously like haunted like quote-unquote movies. Yeah. In so, terms of the set and stuff. Apparently lots of odd and inexplainable things have happened while filming the Poltergeist movies, including four cast member deaths during or after the filming. Hmm. Two of them being very bizarre. Interesting. <laughs> um, here, let me open the link. Probably not a movie I ever want to watch. No. This is gonna be a... I feel like Poltergeist is a movie that I'll watch someone else watch. You know, like I did with Paranormal Activity. I've gotten into movie reviews lately. My two (laughs) favorites are Dylan is in Trouble and um, Amanda the Jedi. Uh, I know Dylan in Trouble is a little bit famous within the Supernatural fandom because he, after season 15 finished airing, he did a watching the first and last episode of Supernatural video. Um, I have not seen that. That is a, a purposeful decision I have made. I'm not going <laughs> to watch that video. Um, just I'm, We're both not big into horror movies. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to watch his Supernatural review, because I just, I know, I know it'll just upset me, even though I like his content overall. Because I really, I find it bothersome when people who don't watch the show cast their opinions on the show (laughs) yeah you know because there are 15 like there's 327 episodes of character development and stuff that you're missing between episode one and episode 327 like that's a lot to just skip over and then make cast judgment on you know yeah so but i have been enjoying his watching his uh movie reviews and stuff, especially his ones where he's like, I watch this movie until I hate myself and <laughs> things like that, but I watched his Paranormal Activity uh, review, where he, he watches Paranormal Activity and like has bits of it on screen and stuff, and that alone freaked me out really bad. I know for a fact I could never watch Paranormal Activity, like just straight up. Yeah. I kept opening Discord over the top of the YouTube <laughs> video. Um so yeah, I don't do horror movies. I might, <laughs> the only way I would watch Poltergeist is if someone like Dylan or Amanda uh, did a review like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's a very specific type of horror movie that I can watch. Mm-hmm. And it's not most of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we talked a little about what horror movies we've seen in an earlier episode. And Yeah. I do want to watch more of the horror movies that the boys have been in. Like, I want to watch Cry Wolf. I want to watch House of Wax. I want to watch the like Friday the Thirteenth. Super cheesy over the top those horror are the ones, ones that Jared's in. Yeah, I've seen entertaining to watch. My Bloody Valentine. I've seen Devour purely because of Benson. I own Devour actually. <laughs> Don't recommend it <laughs> unless you want to watch Jensen and his dad be very good actors because they are very good. They're the highlights of that movie. <laughs> uh, okay, back on topic. Um, we're like, talking pulled the poltergeist curse, huh? 
I mean, you can look into it if you want. Um, the four actors that died were Heather or O'Rourke? Rorky? I don't know how you pronounce that. I think it's O'Rourke. She was the main little girl actor, which uh-huh. is sad. Um, so, I, I, this is one of the bizarre ones. So, she was misdiagnosed with Crohn's disease, and then the following year she fell ill again, and her symptoms were attributed to the flu. And then a day later, she collapsed and suffered cardiac arrest. Um, And then she died during an operation to correct a bowel obstruction and was later believed that she had been suffering from congenital intestinal abnormality. Hmm. So that's a a lot of different stuff. (laughs) A really sad string of events. Yeah. So that was bizarre. Um... The other one was Dominic D- Dominique Dunn, who, who like, played the older sister, Dana Freeling. Um, you don't need to go into all the details of it. Yeah, <laughs> she was basically murdered by her ex-boyfriend. I think I remember hearing about that one. And he got out after three years in prison. Which sucks. God, I hate our justice system sometimes. <laughs> if you're a str- If you're a white man, then you get off easy. Yep. Um, the other two were Julian Beck and Will Sampson. Uh, one died of stomach cancer. Um, and the other one died after a heart-lung transplant, which had a slim survival rate. So those ones were a little bit more expected, Normal. I guess. Yeah. But then I've heard there's a bunch of stuff that like happened during... Yeah, and apparently there was a whole bunch that happened while filming, yeah, too, yeah. that you can look up. But kind of bizarre. Yeah, I heard it was a... Yeah, Poltergeist Curse is famous for a reason. Like, all, apparently all those actors died not long after production or even during post-production and stuff, mm-hmm. I guess, so... Yeah. Pretty okay. bizarre. It is bizarre. Alright, so... Let's see. We've gone through what Poltergeists are in the Supernatural Universe and in our universe. Um, Okay. Uh, after Missouri explains they're facing a poltergeist, we cut to the boys in Missouri's kitchen, I'm assuming, putting together hex bags. Um, well, what looks like hex bags. They don't call them that, but they look like hex bags. Um, which will go inside the walls at the four compass corners of the house on each floor, um, and should purify the house. Uh, and they'll each take a floor. There are three basement, main floor, upstairs. And they have to work really fast, because um, once the poltergeist figures out what they're doing, like, they're <laughs> fucked. Uh, Dean tastes something at one point. <laughs> I don't know what he tastes or why, but the face he makes <laughs> is hilarious. Haley was looking at her notes when this happened, and I just cracked up, because I totally, I've always missed that. <laughs> well, um, she put a lot of different ingredients in these hex bags. I'm pretty sure that's the first time the crossroads have been mentioned because you put crossword crossroads dirt inside the hex oh, bags. Oh, did they? Yeah. Interesting. I think I missed that detail. Um, that's the only. That's the only ingredient that I remember because they all had weird <laughs> names. They all some, yeah, different names. Um, we go back to the house and Missouri sends Jenny and the kids off. She, Jenny's like, oh, like 
I think she's genuinely concerned, like, something might happen to them. Missouri's like, please get out of the house. <laughs> go to the movies. Go do something. Go to the movies. We'll all be done when you get back. Yeah. <laughs> Super yeah. casual and about it. they get to work putting the bags in the walls. And I'm guessing they get most of them done before the chaos starts. Um, because when Dean puts the last bag in the wall, it, that's when it seems like it purified. So I'm guessing they got most of them done. Um, Missouri down in the basement gets pinned against the wall by, like, some kind of chest thing. Uh, Dean is in the kitchen, and he has knives chucked at him, and he ends up flipping the table <laughs> to protect himself. He narrowly avoids getting yeah. pin-cushioned. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great thing. And then Sam upstairs, uh, is attacked by a lamp in Jenny's bedroom. Um, a CGI lamp cord. <laughs> Did you catch that? For a minute. I mean... Is it, like, creeps across the floor, and then when we see, like, in front of Sam, we see it creeping up, like, over his shoulder, it's CGI for oh. a second, and then, like, when it wraps touch. around his neck, it's the it's actual practical. cord. Yeah. But you <laughs> get a CGI lamp cord. <laughs> it's kind of great. Um, and I, that's, this is the second time within the show that Sam will be strangled by a villain. Um, Dean rushes upstairs, uh, and shoves the hex bag into the wall. And this is this is what made me assume it was the last one because it seems like it purifies the house. There's like this big light and then like looks like it whooshes outward from the upstairs of the house. Yeah. Um so and then we get more like head face grabbing. I told you they do that a lot. <laughs> uh as Dean like untangles Sam from the cord. I would cut down to the kitchen, which is a disaster. I wrote, it looks like the house threw a temper tantrum. It does. Because it basically did. It did. <laughs> uh, Missouri says she's sure the poltergeist is gone. Poltergeist. Shit. <laughs> Shit. She says, Sam asks uh, if it's over, and Missouri says it is. Um, I think you can kind of tell Sam doesn't believe her. Um, and later in the episode, she'll, Missouri will be like, you sensed that it wasn't over when I couldn't. But I think it, there's also the aspect of Sam's remembering his dream. He's like, well, the stuff from my dream hasn't happened yet. Like, yeah. this, what are we missing? You know? Yeah. Um, and this is when Jenny and the kids get home. <laughs> they're <laughs> like, what happened? Disaster. <laughs> and Sam's like, oh, we'll pay for all of it. Missouri says, Dean will clean up. He's and like, then she says, get the mop. And then says, don't cuss at me. <laughs> <laughs> He's so, so confused. I, I totally forgot about that part. Especially the don't cuss at me. I love that. I love that. He's Poor like, Dean. It's just lost for worse, which is rare for him. <laughs> Poor Dean. This whole episode is just getting ragged on by Missouri. And it's, I think it's, it's hilarious. Um, I'm I'm guessing place. they leave, I'm assuming, after Dean cleans up. <laughs> And I guess they take Missouri home and they come back to the house. Because I thought it was cute that um, Dean was helping Missouri down the yeah, steps. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like his sassy mom. She would have but... kicked his ass if he didn't. <laughs> but uh, he still has a soft spot for her. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we cut to Jenny going to bed when something starts shaking her bed frame. Which is not yeah. super malevolent, but definitely scary. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, hello? <laughs> what the heck? Um, and outside, Sam and Dean are watching the house, uh, and Sam still has a bad feeling, which I attributed to his vision not coming true, but I guess there's also the aspect of him just sensing that something was still there. Yeah. Know, that it wasn't over. Um, 
And this is when they see Jenny in her bedroom window, a la Sam's dream. And Sari sees a burning figure in her closet, which is totally not creepy at all. (laughs) (laughs) That she's seen multiple times now. Yeah, yeah. I'm Mary, I love you. You couldn't have manifested the little friendlier. Like you're scaring really? the poor girl out of her. You wits. are giving a child <laughs> permanent trauma. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess when you're a ghost, you only have so much control over how you appear. But like, really, really. Was um, Mary trying to protect the current residents was, from I the think house? She too? was trying to warn them. Hmm. She was not doing a very good job of it. She just scared them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because um, they thought she was the was thing. the poltergeist. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did too, because I forgot The boys <laughs> split up, and Dean breaks down Jenny's bedroom door to get her out, while Sam gets Richie and then goes to get Sarah, or sorry. Quick question. How did um, Jenny know that they were outside? I don't think she knew. I think she, she was like just looked hoping. out the window and she's like wha- waving them down. Well, she wasn't. She was just banging on the window. I think she was just hoping there was someone who would see her and be able to help. Oh. Um. Cause, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe she saw the Impala and was like, "Oh, the boys are here. <laughs> I guess. Please." <laughs> you know. Um. But Sam gets Richie and Sari and heads downstairs and, like, right inside the front door. He sets them down and he does, he pulls a John Winchester and says, t- tells Sari to take her brother outside as fast as she can <laughs> and sends them outside before something grabs him and, uh, pulls him down the hall. <laughs> um, I've actually seen behind the scenes pictures of this, of Jared, like, pre stunt. This, Jared did at least a portion of this this stunt. Um, like, all ri- he's got, like, rigs on his ankles to yank him down the hallway. <laughs> Ouch. And it's really cute, because he's just laying on the floor, like, grinning at the camera. <laughs> a little thumbs up. A little. Um, but yeah, the kids escape, and the door is slammed shut, as and inside, Sam is being tossed around like a rag doll. Um, this poor guy. He had so many bruises. You know he did. Oh, yeah. That, that sure. man was a walking bruise the next day. Oh, my God. Man, I bump my elbow against the door frame and I have a bruise. Yeah, that I'll forget exists. You know? Like, oh, boy. Um, but Dean breaks into the house. I think he uses an axe. Yeah. I think to break the door down while Sam's being thrown around. And Sam, the burning figure. Which, I, it looks so weird, but I also kind of want to know how they did it. Um, the burning figure is, like, making its way down through the front room, like, to stand in front of Sam. Uh-huh. Or through, I guess it's the back room, where they are. Um, as Dean rushes in, and Sam, um, like, you can kind of see it on his face as the figure approaches. Or he, at first he's like, oh my god, it's what the fuck. And then he's like... Oh my god. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, there's the He's fear like, at first, and then her. there's the recognition, and then Dean rushes in with his shotgun, yeah, and Sam's like, no, don't shoot, don't shoot, I can see her. Uh, and that's when it's revealed that this is Mary. Yeah. Um, the ghost of Mary. Yeah. Um, and this is... God, Jared kills this scene. Jared just absolutely kills this scene um 
All of my notes for the end of this episode have disappeared. Let me <laughs> uh -oh. refresh this. Thought it's saved. Nope. Okay. Well, we'll see if I remember it then. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is revealed that the second entity in the house was Mary Winchester. Um, I guess that makes sense. She died a violent death. She was haunting the place where she died. That happens. Um, and she didn't have a body to tie her. I guess she was just kind of tied to the house itself. Mm. Yeah. Um, but she, like, she looks at Dean and she says his name. She looks at Sam and says his name and then tells Sam, um, I'm sorry. Which Sam is definitely confused by. <laughs> and he asks what for and she too. doesn't answer. You'll find out. Um, this is spoilers, babe. <laughs> Even it's further a mystery. than what I've watched? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can guess what she's trying to say far for, but I'm confused. <laughs> um... Part of me kind of thinks it would be more powerful if she just said I'm sorry to Sam, but I still love that we get this little moment of her being like, my baby boy, all grown up, you know, and Sam being, Sam seeing his mom for the Actually, first time. Actually, yeah. And like, like, talking to her for a minute. Yeah, yeah. And like, they don't really have any conversation or anything. He just, I think he just says mom. Yeah. Um, but... It's so, even as it is, it's really good. Um, it's so powerful. Jared really kills it with this scene because you can just feel how, even though Sam never really knew who she was, how, like, there's always been this kind of hole in his life without Mary there, without knowing her as a person. No, he and can now finally he is, put someone in that whole yeah like, this yeah, is my now mom I talked has, to her you know? he at least he knows what her voice sounds like yeah you know he knows what she the looks like beyond pictures like yeah. that's I mean yeah she's a ghost but like this is she looks and sounds like her <laughs> the closest he's ever been as far as he remembers to seeing his mother yeah and it's a very powerful moment I love it I really love it um and then Mary turns around and says, um, get out of my house, I think. And, like, burns up. And she said, let go of my son or leave something. My, leave my sons alone and get yeah. out of my house, I think. Yeah. Something like that. I um, love that she says my house. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is what makes me think that the house itself is what she was tied to. Yeah. And not. Because, I mean, she died in a fire. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, because ghosts can be tied to their body or to an object, so... Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, she burns up and disappears, and Sam is released from where he was pinned against the wall, and he says, um, it's over. Um. And this is, I think, when we cut to the next morning, right? Yeah. Yeah. You get Dean's looking through the pictures from the box, and he, like, thanks Jenny having them and then we go over to the porch and Missouri is coming out of the house um and she says that for sure it's all gone <laughs> Missouri we don't trust you at this point <laughs> you already said it was all gone <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but she is the 
She may not be as powerful as Sam, but she is the professional. Yeah. She she does have more knowledge of this stuff than he does. Um, and she sits down next to Sam, and Sam's like, even, you know, even my mom is gone. And Missouri says that Mary burned up her self to drive the poltergeist out. I was it, confused by that when she said that she destroyed herself. She's already dead, so what exactly does well, that mean? she's a ghost. She's a, a soul. Yeah. Trapped on Earth. So still. she's trapped still? So she released herself, and in expelling that energy, like, now she is no longer a trapped spirit, and the poltergeist is expelled from the house. Like, she, I guess, in ghost terms, went head-on with the poltergeist, and... They canceled each other out, and so now they're both gone from the house. And she is no longer... She's not a ghost anymore. She's gone. You know? So she went on to the afterlife or whatever, yeah. I guess? Yeah, Where, okay. Wherever spirits go, when they go. You know? Okay. I'm confused why she stick, stuck around, though. Well, she died a vengeful death. Or a violent death. Yeah. Does it's that not... for sure make you have to stay as a ghost in no. supernatural lore? <laughs> no. Um... Because I feel like Mary would have been like, I'm ready to move on. Well, but she wasn't ready to move on. (laughs) Why? Because she, like, her boys and stuff, you know, because the way that supernatural ghosts work is She never knew she was going to see them again. No. But that doesn't mean that, like, the the way that supernatural ghosts work is the the ghost decide the the spirit, the person decides not to go with the Reaper. Mm-hmm. Tessa explains it in the first episode of season two, where she's like, if you don't come with me, you will become a ghost. And then ghosts, over time, as they devolve, become vengeful, they become more violent. Right. Because they start to actually go insane. Right. Um, but some ghosts are vengeful spirits right off the bat because they died a violent death and they want vengeance and stuff. But I don't think Mary was necessarily a vengeful spirit so much as just a spirit that wasn't at rest. You know? Like, she... she Maybe she hadn't come to terms with her own death. Yeah. She... I mean, it was very sudden. It yeah. It was very violent. She was a young mother with two two boys who she absolutely adored and... Suddenly she died. Like, I can imagine her having a really difficult A very confusing time. <laughs> matter she, of dying. Her well. not wanting to let go of that. Um, and I'd imagine also, this is a small spoiler, but her guilt, the guilt she feels over what happened. Hmm. So, um, I would imagine that's probably what led to her staying. So, but now... As of the end of this episode, she's no longer a ghost. She is wherever ghosts go. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the boys are getting ready to head out. And this is where we get Missouri being like, don't be a stranger, and Dean being like, we won't! <laughs> and then, they don't come back. <laughs> Sad. Sad. <laughs> <sighs> Supernatural. <laughs> Imagine... If Missouri had been able, like, had become a, like, a reoccurring guest character. I think she's great. I would have loved her. (laughs) Like, how would Sam's powers have played out differently, do you think, if she had been... He would have someone else backing him up. He would have another psychic to go, like, to turn to. Like... That would be able to teach him some stuff. Yeah. 
I just there's so much potential with Sam and his powers that is unrealized within the show that I I'm always like what if but what if <laughs> uh, what if Sam really got to be the psychic that he was destined to be like you know <laughs> I am of the firm belief that Sam was predisposed to have psychic abilities but yeah that is the end of this episode and we talked. Oh, you left out the very end. What's the very... Oh! Oh my god! I did. It's because my notes didn't load. Like, I, typed, the, I typed the notes for the rest of the episode on my laptop, and apparently it didn't save before I closed it or something. And so they're not... They didn't load. Um, but we cut... The boys leave, and Missouri goes back to her house... And we discovered that John Winchester, John, John Winchester is there. Fucking Winchester. He has answered been in his town son's call the entire goddamn time. We <laughs> like, it, we assume that he heard Dean's voicemail and came, right? Well, I'm assuming that he. I don't. I don't know. That's what I, I assume. Because Missouri says, Missouri talks about how Sam is really powerful, but he's so like being so powerful, he, was he still there. couldn't sense his own father. And I think she means that John was in the house the last time, at least one of the time, one of the last times the Winchesters were at Missouri's house. That's what I oh. always took it to meant was that John was already at Missouri's place. I wonder what he was doing there then. Probably, I mean, she's a psychic that he went to for information before. I'd imagine she's a resource that he comes back to on occasion. But we don't we don't know when John got there. But he was, I think he was in the house. He was in Missouri's house at some point. I thought she just meant that she that he couldn't sense that he was in town. Well, I don't think Sam's strong enough for that quite yet. I'm, Lawrence is not a big town, but it's not a small town either. <laughs> yeah. How many people are in Lawrence? Uh, Lawrence, Kansas, population, 2005. Um... I don't know. Oh, the current population. How about that? We'll just go with current population. Alerts, Kansas currently, as of the last census, has a population of 96,000, which is a decent size. It's not... It's meh. You know? What is Lawrence, Kansas known for? Is Lawrence, Kansas safe? How white is Kansas? <laughs> white. Uh, interesting. Those are the most Googled things for Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, the county seat of Douglas County is sixth largest city in Kansas, actually, so it's pretty big. What's the university? Is there? Um, I don't remember. What should say? Let me find out. It's the home of both the University of Kansas and Haskell Indian Nations University. Oh, so, the okay. University of Kansas is, I think, like, the big one that people recognize. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I don't think she meant that Sam, like, why didn't Sam sense D John in town? Because, like, I mean, I guess he would be in the area, but I don't think Sam's nearly powerful enough for that. I, I, I've always taken it to mean that John was in the house. Was like mm. at Missouri's house. Why is he being time. a dick and not talking to his kids? <laughs> he says, 
Um, she's like, you should just talk to your kids. Yeah, she does ask <laughs> She calls him, him out <laughs> on it, and he says that he wants to, but he can't until he knows, like, what they're dealing with. That's BS, John. I, and he, he explains later in the season that he is doing it to keep the boys safe, because the boys are his weak spot. Yeah. So he is keeping himself separate from them in order to protect them. But the fact that he has not told them this... <laughs> John. Just a little dude, bit of communication would help please, the situation. Call your son back. <laughs> Send him a text. Oh my god. Um... Yeah. I didn't mean to do that. I should have done that. This is what I need to do. Okay. Do you have any final thoughts for this episode, my love? Mm. That was a good one. It's a really good one. I liked it. I like it too. The special effects of the burning figure before you reveal that Mary is a little bit special, but it's 2005. I didn't think it was too bad. (laughs) It looks kind of funny. It kind of looks like they draped a person in cloth and then, like, like they the way that like the feet are shaped and stuff it like looks like a person in like a weird suit yeah uh, and then there's like cgi fire on it it's <laughs> it's not my favorite effect that supernatural stuff especially when they reveal that she's wearing like her her nightgown yeah it's kind of weird looking <laughs> um the silhouettes do not compare no but yeah that is yeah i think that's all i have to say I think so too. All right, I guess we'll wrap this up. Um, so you can find the podcast on Twitter at Talk About Sam Pod, on Instagram at We Need to Talk About Sam Podcast, and on Tumblr at We Need to Talk About Sam. Um, on Twitter, I'm Little Red Who Could, and I'm the Little Red Who Could on Tumblr. Haley, my love, are you gonna fall asleep on me? Yeah. Okay, well, can you give people your uh, online infos before you do? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at on 3 I'm not on there very often. Nope. But feel free to follow me. <laughs> I'm also not on Tumblr very often, but feel free to follow me. It's hfthoughts-blog. <laughs> Alright. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week when we talk about episodes 10 and 11, Asylum and Scarecrow, which is an excellent episode and I'm very excited about. Okay. I think that's all from me. Yep. Yep. I think we're we're done. Bye. (laughs) Bye. That was a great ending. (laughs) We're out of practice. (laughs) I think we're done. Bye. happened we yeah went on a trip i turned 24 we got halfway vaccinated That's halfway fun. vaccinated yeah yeah we both got we went together they made it they opened up the vaccinations in utah um a few weeks ago for people 16 and up 18 and up 18 and up for moderna and um the j and j and then 16 and up for pfizer 
Um, and then we struggled for a hot minute to, to find get, an to opening, get an appointment. Which, which go Utah? <laughs> yeah, I was genuinely, genuinely really. Utah's a very at that. red state. It's extremely generally. red state. Other than and like I mean, two counties, but I was looking in Salt Lake County, which is the bluest part of the state. Um, I, I mean, I was looking in Utah County, and yeah. I was having a hard time. Utah so, County is famously red. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. But I signed up for text notifications for the Utah County Health Department to be like so did I. when they have no when they have open back like their signups for vaccine appointments open again and they sent out a text and were like hey tonight signups for the next two weeks go up um i'm not sure how fast time, they like not sold out but like ran out of i don't know slots. either because we got our spots pretty quickly but so we both went with the pfizer because we just went together because we could make an appointment for two people which was really nice. Mm-hmm. So I just made an appointment for both of us, and we went together and got our first shot, and it was really, it wasn't too bad. I definitely recommend the Pfizer one if you're gonna get one. I mean, go and get whatever one's available. Yeah, to yeah, you. definitely. Like, don't be like, oh, I can't get Pfizer, so I'm not gonna get a vaccine at all. Like, get get whatever <laughs> right is. So I mean, we're we're happy we got the Pfizer just because it has it's been out the longest it's mm-hmm. had the most research got the most done research and it's got a, the highest the, rating yeah it's got the highest results, um and I feel like from what I've read the side effects are a little less intense than Moderna the Moderna everyone I've talked to who got the Moderna one is like it kicked my ass <laughs> like one of my there's one of my friends responded to someone's tweet on. Twitter, so that's so it showed up in my my um Twitter feed, and this person's tweet was like, <laughs> my arm after getting the Moderna shot, and it was a gif of when Thor punches Hulk in the first <laughs> Avengers movie. <laughs> it was so great. <laughs> so, but yeah, we're both like I'm not even sore anymore. Yesterday I was still a little bit tender. We got him on Thursday. Yeah, and we it's went, now Monday. And it's now Monday. Yeah, and the. Immediately after, like, we She's had a little bit of soreness. Sore it was soreness the first evening, some soreness most of the first day, and then in the afternoon of the first day, we both got hit with fatigue. I got hit with the fatigue hardcore first. Like, I was like, I, I need to lay down. <laughs> I'm gonna take a nap. I got in bed at 9.30. <laughs> I don't... That's the earliest I've gone to bed in years, I'm pretty <laughs> sure, without being sick, you know? Um, so I laid in bed for like a half an hour waiting for my girl lights in my bedroom to turn off so I could sleep. <laughs> I know, you disappeared fast that night. I was like, I Meanwhile, gotta... I was up drinking with my friend until four in the morning <laughs> at her house. <laughs> I feel like that's not recommended. <laughs> but I was that whole, like, early evening throughout the whole rest of the night, I had the most intense body aches yeah. I've had since I've had, like, I, the flu. <laughs> I don't know when exactly my body aches hit, but I woke up around 1.30 and desperately had to pee. <laughs> and I texted her back about something, and she was like, oh, you're awake. And I was like, yeah, I only got up because I had to go to the bathroom, and my phone was blinking at me. Like, <laughs> that, that, I'm not going to be awake for much longer if I have anything to say about it. And then I think I laid awake for, like, an hour, because basically as soon as I lay down, the body aches hit me. Like, yeah, bad. I, was, I, was... I don't know why did it take anything. It's not like I don't have a <laughs> bottle of leaves sitting on my desk. Like, I totally could have taken something. The ibuprofen really helped me. 
Uh, yeah. So I take bet. an anti-inflammatory that helps a lot. <laughs> yeah. I would take ibuprofen, but I had a really bad reaction to it when I was little, and the doctors were like, oh, she's allergic. And I take a leave, so my allergist is like, you're probably not actually allergic to ibuprofen. A leave is a miracle worker. Let's play it safe. They're like sibling drugs. Like, they're in the same pharmaceutical yeah. family, separate from Tylenol. Um, which is what I relied on my entire life. Um, I think the main difference, Tylenol is just like a pain reducer, fever reducer, and Aleve and Ibuprofen are actually anti-inflammatory as well. Well, anti-inflammatory is like a fever reducer. Is it? I don't really know what all the main differences are. I just know that Ibuprofen and Aproxen are like in the same kind of category, and so if someone's allergic to one of them, they're usually allergic to both. Um, and then Tylenol is like its own separate little category of painkillers and so i, I took know enough about for years but farm pharmaceuticals pharmaceuticals yeah. <laughs> pharmaceuticals <laughs> there's a good example of only ever seeing a word written down and never he- hearing it pronounced <laughs> i love it I know I've done that before, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. It the only too often the to only me. dumb word mistake that always comes to mind that I can think of right now is the time that my family was packing for a trip of some kind or a picnic or something. I don't remember. Um, and I'd heard my mom say the word condiments earlier in the day. Did you hear? Did you think she said condoms? <laughs> and I, I think I, I, I must have been like twelve. Um. Uh, yeah, you told me this. <laughs> later, it, as we were, like, finishing packing up, my I was like, hey, Mom, do we have the condoms? And I meant the condiments. <laughs> <laughs> I meant the condiments, but I said the condoms. And my very Mormon, very conservative mother thought that was the funniest thing to ever come out of any of her children's mouths. And she's got five I of mean, them. honestly, same if my child said that to me. She, it's still one of her favorite dumb things that I've ever said to bring up. Like, to, to get the condoms. Did you pack the condoms? Oh, oh God. I must oh, have man. been like 12 or 13. God. I was a fetus. That's great. I know, right? I love it. Oh, man. I say I was a fetus. Like, I'm not still, like, the youngest in a lot of my fandom friend groups. Like, I recently joined a new Discord. Um, and hi to all those guys, because I'm sure they'll be listening to this. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) And they... They were talking about, a few bunch of them were talking about how they're old hags in fandom years, and I was like, I don't think I'm an old hag quite yet, because I'm only 24. And they were like, oh yeah, no, you're still a baby, especially <laughs> in this group. I was like, why am I always the baby? Yay for older fandoms. <laughs> in the Moss of the Week Discord for a long time, I was the, the one, of, one of the youngest. For a long I time, that. I was the youngest, and then um, I was one of the youngest. I'm pushing 30, so so I can appreciate it. (laughs) We finished WandaVision. Ooh, we did. And we're about halfway through Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I... Because the fourth episode released last week. 
Last Friday, yeah. WandaVision was amazing. Highly recommend. If you haven't seen WandaVision, I don't know what rock you're living under. Like, it's so good. Probably someone who doesn't have a Disney Plus subscription. Yeah, that's true. I shouldn't be eating and podcasting, but I'm really hungry and this is really good. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Do you want to get into that now or later? (laughs) We're 30 minutes in. (laughs) Let's... Let's wait. Let's talk with Falcon and Winter Soldier next week. Okay. After episode five airs. Hi guys, editing Kenzie here. I just wanted to pop in and tell you that I say I'm not going to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier and then proceed to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So yeah, uh, this episode was originally recorded before the last two episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier aired. So spoilers for the first four uh, if you want to avoid those, I would just just stop listening to the episode here. <laughs> How many episodes are there going to be? Six? Six, supposedly. I, yeah. They've got okay. a lot of wrapping up to do. <laughs> they have a lot to do in two episodes. I a whole really, lot of nothing's happened I just said we episodes. were going to talk about <laughs> Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I really feel like the first two episodes could have been combined into one. Yeah. Um, I think there was just a lot of unnecessary, not unnecessary, but a lot of, it just dragged. Dragged out. It was really slow. It feels like they crammed a whole lot of stuff in and didn't do very much with it. They didn't explain what the hell's going on. I'm so confused still. <laughs> That's my biggest issue is I'm, I'm very so confused. Con- <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> I don't want to be confused when I'm watching something. Yeah. Unless I'm supposed to be confused for the sake of the plot, not because I just don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm, I'm in, enjoying it. Feels like saying I'm enjoying it feels like I'm lying because I'm not. I enjoy parts of it. I loved every minute of Wandavision, and I think the fact that I loved Wandavision so much really set up high expectations for, I think for a lot of people. That and the fact that Marvel is really good at what they do. So, like, my expectations were high to begin with, and then we got WandaVision, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the kind of, like, amazing, in-depth storytelling they can do with this new TV show format, and, um, I'm really interested in the topics that they're covering, the themes, the... And which one? Um, in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like, I am genuinely very interested in, like, Sam... Real like realizing that not only uh, does he need to take up the mantle, he is worthy of taking up the mantle. Like it, Steve chose him for a reason, that sort of stuff, and the whole John Walker thing. Um, I'm super interested in that, and the idea of dealing with the aftermath of the blip is really interesting to me. But I just am so lost on all the politics of it. Buck- think... And Bucky kind of getting through his PTSD. Yeah, yeah. And, Bucky um, making amends. And... Becoming, like, a hero for once, you know? Yeah. You, you can tell he's, like, uncomfortable. He doesn't know quite what to do or how to wear the mantle of being a hero, yeah, you know? Yeah, he's a little unsure of how to be just Bucky still. And, like, seeing him re like rediscover his place in the world and stuff and seeing Sam actually help him with that. Yeah. You know, seeing them come together and as not versa. just as not just friends but as a team. That stuff I find genuinely really, really interesting and all the deep 
the racial issues and the um all that stuff like that I'm really interested in but all the politics especially of the um like the people who are displaced apparently they're called the flag smashers yeah especially the the flag smashers which i just learned that by reading reviews the other day like oh they have a name (laughs) they they said it in the first episode i don't remember that that? no (laughs) she she missed that um like the politics of the flag smashers and their cause and stuff that i'm getting really lost on and since the first three episodes is so packed full of that like it's just it just felt like we wasted a lot of time on something that was poorly explained i feel like maybe i'm just i don't know if i just missed stuff or what but i don't i think we we talked about this the other night in the car i don't understand what carly's goal is i kind of understand her motivation I don't know what she's trying to accomplish. I don't fully understand what she's trying to accomplish. <laughs> and the beginning is I don't get what she's trying to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> how is she trying to do this? You know? So. But on the plus side, I'm living for every moment of Baron's emo. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's amazing. But something that... He's so um, extra. I love him. Um, I don't know if any of our He's listeners have ever watched the Super Carlin Brothers. Um, Why does this keep freezing? I don't know, because your laptop hates you. Um, But something that they said in one of their... I don't remember if it was one of their podcast episodes. Their podcast is Popcorn Culture, by the way. I highly recommend it. It's very good. Definitely check it out. But if you're into nerdy stuff, Marvel, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Avatar, The Last Airbender, like Pixar, Disney, check out Super Carlin Brothers. But something they said... um, is that if you come out of a film or a TV show and your response to, like, who's your favorite character is the comedic relief, that film or TV show didn't do its job. Like, you know? So the fact that you are connecting more with the character who is... He has a plot, but he's also kind of become the comedy. Like, you know? Says something to me about falcon winter soldier and i'm not saying it's a bad show and like that i hate it or anything i just i'm not really connecting with what was set up to be yeah the me neither the big anti-hero you know because i wouldn't call carly the the villain i think john walker is the yeah villain. john walker that, is definitely that the is villain. clear that has been clear from the very beginning um but i think i'm just so like all the focus all of like the focus of the show is so torn between Carly's cause and John Walker that like the fact that I don't understand her cause as well as I feel like I should is definitely bad writing not bad writing necessarily but it's yeah. definitely something I guess cat yeah if you don't know what's it's going on the writing is bad <laughs> definitely the show is lacking in that area at least in my opinion and I mean I'd definitely be I would love to hear from listeners on what they think about this like did I just is well there, apparently did I just miss stuff I mean, did I just miss something you told me that they had changed the yes, plot line yes so. I did read um I think it was on I don't know if it was on Twitter or Tumblr or TikTok or I saw somewhere that they filmed the first three episodes pre-pandemic and then 
they had to shut down filming for quarantine, which a lot of projects had to do. Supernatural had to do it. They had all but um, the last... I think they had filmed one day of the the second to last episode um, when they shut down production. So, like, a lot of a lot of projects had to do it. But I heard that... And I don't... I didn't see this at the time, but apparently it was leaked that the main plot line of Falcon and Winter Soldier was going to involve an epidemic sweeping through the... Is it GRC? Is that the initial? The refugee camps? The... the in the fourth episode, they say we're not refugees because we we're not running from anything. But the camps that Carly and her friends are staying in and stuff um, for the displaced people post-return. The, the thing, like, if I am having too hard of a time remembering every single name of every single character and organization and everything. That means there's too much information. Yeah. <laughs> you need to simplify it a little bit. Yeah. Because I'm, like, pulled so many different directions trying to remember everything that I can't pay attention properly. Exactly, yeah. Um, but, so, the... If I remember correctly, the original plot that I heard it was supposed to be was that there was going to be an epidemic of a disease of some kind, like, tearing through the camps and that's what the vaccines were for that they were stealing in episode two hmm. i think it was instead of the super soldier serum well they stole vaccines in episode two they they remember when sam and bucky had the big fight suit on the truck oh is that what that was they about? were stealing vaccines yes <laughs> i don't remember what it was for <laughs> Um, Again, too much information. <laughs> also, you just... I love you, but your memory isn't the best. <laughs> your memory's good. It's good sometimes, but it's not, not always. Not when it comes to TV shows. <laughs> you cannot deny that. Yeah. We were watching... Oh, which episode of season two was I remember it's good sometimes. When Lisa, or was it season three when Lisa shows up for the second time and Haley was like, who's that? And I was like, babe. For what show? In Supernatural. When who's, Lisa shows up the second Lisa? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> this. Exactly. Okay. Okay, I'm not good at names. <laughs> I am not good at names. Um, That's the big thing. I keep getting way off topic. Um... But, so, the original plot was that there was, was Lisa. supposed to be, she's Dean's, um, like, ex. Oh, she was in one episode. You can't no, expect me to remember two. that. Ben's mom. Yeah, they're only in one episode. No, they're in two so far that you've seen. Was it a two-parter? No. They're in two episodes? Uh-huh. What's the other one? He makes, um... The first one is the Changelings one, and then he, like, stops by. The first one is what? The Changelings one. Oh, yeah. What's the other one? I don't remember now. Um, Has it happened that I've seen it yet? Yes, it was in season three, I'm pretty sure. When does... No, they did not. Lisa episodes. Yeah, she's in The Kids Are Alright, and she's in... um, Dream a little dream of me. She's in his his dream. Oh. You remember the picnic scene? Yes. That you were like, who is that? And I was like, what? <laughs> because we she's are not so- an important character. <laughs> <laughs> 
She's important to Dean. She makes you know, there's, a bunch of There are random people, six. babe. There are people in just one episode, every single fucking episode. Yes, How am I supposed to remember every single name and face but in every single episode? I guess that's my job. Uh, <laughs> I'm um, not good at names, okay? Gosh, we keep getting super off topic. But, so, it was supposed to be a, an epidemic plot, which is what the vaccines were for. Pandemic Lovato. <laughs> a pandemic is when it goes global. An epidemic is like one country area. Yeah. Um, but they, um, that plot line was leaked, so they decided to rewrite the rest of the season after recording half of the season. And I think that is one of the main issues I'm having, is the writing feels really clunky, especially post-episode three, which we're only one episode past, but, like, like they they reworked the trying to, first two episodes to remove I this. think they're trying to make something fit that doesn't fit. Yeah. they Well, they reworked the first, two, the first three episodes to remove the epidemic plot line. Um, which I think is part of why Carly doesn't really feel like her plot makes sense. <laughs> like her cause doesn't have not that it doesn't make sense, but it just doesn't feel it like sense. it has substance to it. Um, I'm like, and bitch, there's what even, are you trying to do? <laughs> in episode three, when Nagel is talking about um, when Carly came and stole the the super soldier serum, he says that she originally came to get help for. The, that teacher, Danya, and then it like there's like a weird cutaway and a bit of dialogue from a line of dialogue from him that sounds a little different that says poor woman has tuberculosis. Um and that like watching that threw me it threw me a little bit. I was like, whew, that was that's a, that's a little weird. Like it was just a little weird. Did they do like a and they did it on purpose. They yeah, they had him re record a line or come in and record a line. Um to replace whatever it was originally, which was something about the virus, that they the plot line they removed, and so they spent three episodes with no substance that would have been probably packed full of, you know, setting up Clark Carly's um motivations and stuff. But as is, like that's the big thing that's missing. Yeah. The one of the really big things that's missing that I mentioned the other night is we don't really know who her villain is. Like she's anti-establishment, but what's the establishment? Like you know, usually when there when some there's a character who's anti-establishment in some way, they give them, or they give the audience a specific person to associate that establishment with. You know, was that the uh, power broker? Maybe. No, he's just the head of that island. The power broker is not linked to the GRC, as he's, far as we he's know. He's got some beef with her. Well, yeah, because she, she stole, stole the, the super soldier serum that he paid to have made. Right. <laughs> you know. But he's not the reason that they're all in camps and stuff. That's a government organization. Is this taking place in the U.S.? No, they're in Europe they're somewhere. They're in Europe somewhere. Um, I don't remember where. But somewhere in Germany, I think. But I'm not 100% sure. But it's like a global organization that's been formed to help, like, smooth things out after people came back from the blip because, like, people want their houses back and jobs and all sorts of stuff. 
but as a result, people have, like, lost their homes and their jobs, and, like, there's a whole, it's, everything's a mess. Um, but we haven't, all we've seen is their logo a couple times, to the point where I don't even, I'm not even sure if GRC is the actual acronym or if I'm just pulling that out of my ass. <laughs> Let's see. Are you going to Google it? Is it GRC? <laughs> Global, Global Rep... Pa- wait. Global Repatriation Council. It's an international council that reactivated stati- status and managed resources for refugees displaced by the blip. Yeah. Um, but, like, what I can't... I don't know how to say that. <laughs> and we haven't really... Like... Like, there's no one really that... They're, they're not tangible yet. Um, you know? So, I think that's one of the main issues with Carly's plot, is she doesn't have a solid, like, antagonist. Like, who is her antagonist? You know? Yeah. Because, like, you could say it's, it's John Walker, but, like, and, yeah, but who's John Walker working for? And it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe I'm missing things. Maybe there are whole sections of plot that I somehow missed. Well, um, yeah, if that's the case, I mean, but they can't blame us because there's just so much info but dumping. If, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> if I missed something, <laughs> like that's because there was too much. Uh oh, you need to plug in. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's gonna plug in, and then we should probably record a podcast. <laughs>